Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Town Tailgate is back. First off-season pod of the 2021-2022 offseason. Yeah. Uh, I'm Chris Madrigal. That's Julio Hernoso. We have a guest coming on later this week. It is our annual um, end-of-the-season awards podcast, our A's awards podcast. We're going to give out awards to the team. Um, maybe just dive a little bit into what the offseason's had so far. What can we expect from free agency? Alex Espinoza from... Uh, from 95.7 the game is going to join us later but uh but first off we're going to talk about there's a few big stories past um few i don't know past week really oh, Julio. well we last recorded was the bow mill pod was the bob melvin one and yeah. like a day or two afterwards the world series ended and uh you didn't get the games right but you got the outcome that's right, true the atlanta braves world series champions yeah pretty kick-ass if you're living under a rock yeah that happened pretty kick-ass man um it it was i think it just shows you the resilience of like the nl remember at the beginning i mean when we did our preview pod at the beginning of the year we were both were like look someone for the american league is gonna go and sure enough that's what happened astros were the ones the team and that made it and they pretty much got their ass whooped pretty soundly throughout that whole series even like the game they did when it was like relatively close mvp jorge soler so we're wrong with both of those I will take my victory lap on Travis Darno having a good series though. So he had a great series. Yep. That was a great pick by you. I wouldn't. I. 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 There's no shame in that whatsoever. Woo! Um. And and my pick, Ozzy Albies, had a great series too. <laughs> I mean, the whole team played really well, which is why if I, it it wasn't it. You know, when you look at the when you look at the series as a whole, you know, they won in six games. Um, some of the scores of their wins were closer, but it was really kind of a dominating series by the by the Braves. If you actually watch the game, a lot of those games, especially like the ones that that they won, um, they dominated pretty much the entire game, and then like they kind of like let off the gas a little bit in like two of them, and that's how they, the the Astros kind of came back. But it was pretty dominant um, from the Braves all the way through. Their pitching really came through. I was a little bit worried in the first three games. I think their starting pitchers totaled four innings. It, which was like mind blowing, um, and then I think the end of the the series, the starters the starters totaled nine innings, and more than half of those innings were from Max Fried alone. So I don't know. It it was interesting. Their bullpen made it work. Their offense was electric, and I just can't say enough of how impressive it is that they hit the entire fucking reset button for their for their outfield at the trade deadline. Like none of those guys were on the team at the beginning of the, of the season. It's incredible, and, and man. They it was incredible. It really just shows you the team aspect. Uh, in terms of entertainment scale, where would you put it compared to the previous? I'd say like five 
World Series. I'd say it's, it's definitely better than 18 when, like, Red Sox won in five. That was a pretty boring World Series. Uh, but those games were fun. Like, the 18 that's true. inning game? Yeah, that's true. Like, the 18 inning game was fucking dope, dude. Like, that was on, and that was on Halloween, remember? Like, I remember that's staying right. at a bar late so that I could watch the rest of that game. Like, all my friends, all of our friends had moved on to another bar, but me and Jesse were staying at that bar watching the game. Like, yeah, so it's, I think it's the, I think it's five. It wasn't as entertaining as a lot of other ones. I mean, even yeah. last season was more entertaining because I think that there was, you know, this up and coming team in in the race. So you really wanted to see that talent and how they would perform in this big stage versus the like established, like trying to finally get their ring, you know, Dodgers um, who had been there two times already. And, and, you know, it's just, Okay, so then 18... What was 19? 19 was... Nats, Nats Astros. That was a kick-ass World Series. Nats Astros was an amazing World Series. Yeah. That was a seven-game World Series. And then 2017 was probably the second-best World Series of my lifetime. And then 2016 was the greatest World that, Series of yeah, my life. Six, no, so, nothing's yeah. going to top 16, man. I that uh. No. Do you agree with 17, too? I, I thought 17 was a banger. Dodgers Astros. No, it was a hell of seven. It was a hell of a World Series, but I think what's just happened since then just really over- overshadows the outcome. Um, yeah. Fourteen, despite the Giants winning, was great as well. Yeah, I mean watching. I mean watching Madison Bumgarner do that. Was yeah, that incredible. was pretty incredible. So are we including? You said the last five years though, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's that, that's but you you brought up like the best ever. What you saw was fi- yeah. If we're doing like the last like ten years, 2015 was hands down the worst worst World Series. Oh, that was so boring. That was I I couldn't even tell you. I knew the Mets won or the it was Mets Royals and the Royals won. I couldn't even tell you. The Royals dominated the Mets. Thing, yeah. Well, World Series over. Now it's time for award season. Uh, No surprises here. For we recording this Tuesday night, the 16th. No surprises so far for what's been revealed. Uh, Randy Rosarena and Jonathan India were the rookies of the year. Uh, and the managers of the year were uh, Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays, as well as uh, Gabe Kapp of the San Francisco Giants. So kudos, Giants fans. You got one. Totally deserves it. Uh, I don't know what we can really say. I think we're both pretty much lined where we're going to see the rest of this stuff is going to go. I'm just here to say, like, yo, this award handing out process is a mess. They need mm. to find out. It's just everything in baseball is just super messy. Like, they need to find a better way to, like, Cool. Let's reveal our Gold Glove winners on during Sunday Night Football. Like, yeah. That was terrible. How they did that. And then they all they spread it out too long. Too like just do it all in one day. Like okay, do the all the all MLB team do the Gold Glove and do the Silver Slugger in one day. Do the Manager of the Year MVP side or do the Manager of the Year Rookie of the Year the next day and then do like just it. Ugh, it's just like. I, the NBA and the NFL has it figured out with their award show, even though no one fucking watches it. But still, at least you all you get all this information in two hours. It's great. Yeah, it just seems it, it doesn't seem efficient at all, especially like we're gonna have a very long off season. I'm like, just mm-hmm. get it over with. Um, speaking of off seasons, transitions. Look at that efficiency. Uh, we already had a couple signings. Uh, one is Eduardo Rodriguez. He was the kind of the first domino to fall in terms of pitchers. Uh, he came from Boston, if you remember right, during the ALCS. He was the one who did the Correa time taunt back to him. He's also helped, was a big part of the Red Sox title in 18. Uh, he goes to the Tigers for five years, 80 mil. Uh, max of 80 mil, I think he signed for 77. This is going to be, in my opinion, the first of many 
signings for the Tigers. They seem very ambitious yeah. going all in. I think rumor rumor is that they they like their young talent. They they want to surround it with some people like Verlander might be going back there apparently. And I know Correa has been another person who's been heavily rumored over there. And honestly, why yeah. not? I think uh, arguably. <laughs> The White Sox were a bit of a letdown this year. Even yeah, the with the Central division fucking win. sucks. Yeah. Yeah, the Central sucks. Why not? Why not just go for it? And it's like you have the talent. Like we, I remember those uh, Detroit series against the A's. Like they were putting up a fight. And I remember yeah. tweeting like, yeah, get ready for like a 2024 ALCS Mariners Tigers. Like it's going to happen. Um, do you have anything you want to throw in there? I think it's kind of just cheering up having the veteran in that rotation now no i don't i don't know what to say about the tigers until i see more moves because then it'll be more clarity on exactly what they're doing like there's rumors of verlander and i you know i just you know i yeah i, I don't know what to make of this because this also could just be them panicking about the rumors of the salary um minimum from the from the player association so they're just like covering their ass now so that they hit the minimum whatever it's going to be yeah but they've been rumored to be what 100 mil yeah 100 million dollars yeah but they've been known to spend money in the past like don't like the the dave dombrowski when he was the gm though that's not the same that's not the situation no it's not the same gm Dombrowski, everywhere he goes he spends money uh but at the end of the day though like he like dave dombrowski is the one that gets the deals done but like ownership is the one that signs a check so like there's money like i'm saying is that there's money there even if dabrowski's not involved yeah but we'll yeah, see maybe. uh other big signing though you know i like this format this is very pti-ish are you oh do you want me to say it oh i thought you were gonna say it no 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 i no i was i was gonna keep going but i'm just saying like i like this format of like you know, two minutes. All right, next topic. Two minutes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Except we're not yelling at each other like like Wilbon and and you Karn, they stink. I know oh, that's not really a Wilbon. Although they they yell at each other and it's intense, but like they're not like like first take. Like they actually like are pretty intelligent with their points that they're making. They're not just like no 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 Stephen A no Stephen yeah. A you're wrong you're wrong tone. You know what's uh, the problem tone? People don't care about wins. People just. Care, don't care. No, 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 Tony. Yeah. No, or no, 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 Mike. No, 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 no. And then he interrupts him. Does that? Yeah. Anyway, all right. We had another move that was made today. This is more. Um, this is our five good minutes to, for this signing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, this this was more impactful to uh, the A's directly. Noah Syndergaard signed a twenty two twenty two million dollars twenty two million dollar one year contract. Twenty two. Let me see. It, it was I, it, it was eighteen or twenty two. I can't remember. Um. Anyway. Um, with the Angels to become um, another stud starter right next to Otani. The Angels are finally addressing the issues that they've had for the past five years that for some reason they've never really tried to do. They've tried to be cheap about it. Um, and they're sending pitchers. Now, this is a big risk, but it's a uh, – uh, actually, it's not a big risk. This is a high reward. I think it's a pretty small risk because it's only one-year deal. Um, so not like locked in on, on, on the uh, heavy cash flow like they were with like, um, CJ and, um, Josh Hamilton and those other big contracts that they signed that kind of went to shit and our pools. Um, so we'll see what he does. It's going to be a big bounce back, um, season for Noah Syndergaard. He hasn't pitched in two seasons of granite. One of those seasons was a six game season, but, um, he needs it as much as the angels needed. So I, 
it's very i'm feeling very conflicted about the signing it was 20 it's 21 mil by the way i yeah, I, okay. I feel very conflicted because like well if he's when he's healthy like the, he's a, he's an ace right he's like there's a reason yeah. why we talked about that Mets world series there's a reason why those teams are there and there's a reason why people still talked about him because like guy was throwing some nasty sinkers throughout this whole time had some nasty fireball but it's like he hasn't pitched in two years um i kind of compared it to when the yankees signed kluber last offseason they gave him a one-year 11 million dollar deal well what validates noah Syndergaard, who is not as accomplished of a pitcher as Corey kluber is 10 more 10 million more yes he's younger but it's like i would if you look at the two track records, I feel like on paper you'd rather have the Kluber side for cheaper, even if there is a little bit of an age difference. But the difference is Kluber's been over the hill for years, and he's shown evidence of that and he, through the seasons prior to him signing with the Yankees. He, he, they were trying; the Yankees were trying to milk every last bit of talent that they had, try and get like a 15-win, you know, mid threes ERA guy. Whereas Noah Syndergaard. You know, he's had injury issues, so he could come back, guns a-blazing, and still be this fucking ace. Um, just lighten it up. I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit a little bit different. Maybe it is high ri- But it's only one-year deal. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't well, see much risk in that. Well, let me... Okay. And they're the angels. They got money. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I understand, like, the one-year deal argument. Um, let me present to you the San Francisco Giants. For $26 million, they got Kevin Galsman, Anthony Discafani, and Alex Wood, who were all pretty lights out for them. And they were all one-year deals as well. So, like, how are you going to spend it? Who knows? But, like, if this – I will say, like, you got to give it – Hold on, hold on, In in defense to that San Francisco Giants point, point, um, Logan Webb was fantastic in that that series, but they were kind of lacking another big ace in in that series, though. So you have those three guys, but – you know they're barely putting together playoff success, whereas Noah Syndergaard's going to get in there. And it's going to be another Logan Webb, and Logan Webb also made five hundred and eighty thousand, eighty-three thousand. But he's also Logan Webb doesn't count yeah, in the situation count. because no, yeah. he's a homegrown guy. But you, you get what I'm trying to say. No, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, but I think the one thing ta- I was talking with John a little bit earlier. Shout out to the Super Halo Bros podcast. Make sure to give them a like, follow, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Probably uh, around the Diamond Network with us. Yep, around the Diamond. Make sure, uh, but. Um, he brought up the point that it's just kind of nice to see instead of the last few off seasons where they've waited till like a month before spring training to like, all right, let's just go pick up whatever starters we can get now. And that's when things kind of were like went to shits. They were yeah. jumped the gun on it and they were the first people, the first people out of the gate. Um, even like looking on paper, I think like MLB network put it out. Like if you, Pulled out a rotation. Their day one rotation, barring any more injuries, would be Otani, Syndergaard, uh, Patrick Sandoval, who was like pretty good for most of the part last year. Uh, Jose Suarez was pretty good. And then if like Griffin Canning had a really bad year last year, but we've seen him in the past actually be like a relatively efficient pitcher. Like there's some potential in that rotation. But the thing is, we do this every offseason with this team. So like until we can mm-hmm. see it produce... To me, this just feels like another Artem Moreno is going to throw a hell of money at one player for a year until they can fix. But this is a bigger name than they've ever gotten in terms of pitching. Matt Harvey in, in recent in recent years. That's that wasn't a big that he was fucking way past. He was barely in the minors when they when they try to pull that one. 
let me let me see. I was like, I know for sure there's gonna be other pitchers I can pull up over the last few years that Angels have signed, even if it's like a one two year deal. And CJ just... Wilson's the only one I can think of who had success for two seasons and then he busted. All right, I mean, meet the mic while I type. Keep going. <laughs> well, I mean, we kind of have to close the segment anyway because we gotta we gotta we gotta do our our season awards. But I no, I hear I hear you, I hear you. Um, I, but if I were an Angels fan, I would be optimistic. Because it looks like they're addressing uh, aggressively the issue that has been plaguing them for years. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, look, they're being aggressive, so we have to give them yeah. credit. It's just like it's just like with any other team that's been you've been burned by before in the past. Like you know, until we see otherwise, we're not going to believe you. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. But there's plenty of moves to be made. Free energy just started. We've got a lot of guys out there. That's true. It's we still have plenty of time. Um, before we wrap, though, Chris, something very important happened the last few weeks that we haven't really get a chance to talk about, and it's not sports related. And it's Dune. Dune is dope. Dune was awesome. Loved it. Uh, yeah. Can't and, wait for Dune Part Two. Did you watch it in theaters? Yeah. Okay. Good. How dare you? What theater do you go to, by the way? Like, I, I don't know what my uh, theater was. Cinemark, Cinemark in um, Marina Del Rey. It's um, Howard Hughes Center. It's like a massive oh, yeah, Cinemark yeah, yeah. there. It's by like um, Dave and Buster's and shit like that. They have those. They're not IMAXs, but those like digital like XL or XD screens that are like as close to IMAX as you can get. They have the same sound quality as an IMAX, but those screens aren't as big. I watched it on one of those. It was fucking amazing. You can't watch a movie like that at home unless you have this most badass surround sound system which i mean my audio is okay i have a i have a a, a sound um um bar you know the long yeah sound bar but like that's not fucking theater audio theater audio hits you from all directions behind the side they have speakers that come from uh, behind the screen and especially a movie like that where the soundtrack is so important to the movie and the sound effects of like you know just the technology in general, like the fucking spaceships and shit like that, and the worm, like it's just so important. And they fucking the the singing crushed dude. it. They shot yeah yeah, and they shot the shit out of it. I think Roger Deakins shot that movie. It looked like a Roger Deakins movie. Oh yeah, they worked in the past too, it. though, right? And he, yeah, he worked. He's he's done all Dennis Villanueva's movies, so it, I would be shocked if it was someone else. If you if it's someone else, it was probably a scheduling conflict. But it was shot beautifully as well in the desert they really um utilized the desert um color and everything like that which was fucking dope yeah speaking of danny uh don't hate me second one's gonna be better though i think oh yeah uh, oh man I, yeah. I love that one uh, i just watched arrival for the first time oh yeah Whew. so good good lord amazing movie it's a mind fuck too oh yeah i i it's mm-hmm. i i didn't really know what to expect about it but oh wow Watch it a second time, and like you're just like, oh my god, this is crazy! Like, like how did I not catch this the first time? Anyway, all right, we're gonna go to break. We'll be right back. Alex is gonna join us, so stick around. We'll be right back. Oh. All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, Alex Espinoza is joining us today from ninety five point seven. The game. Congrats on the new gig, buddy. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys. I'm glad to um, talk some A's baseball. Alex got a yeah. job. Let's yeah, roll. Alex yeah. got a job. He's not just blogging. He's not just blogging on Ricky blogs anymore, huh? 
yeah one day one day we'll be making money <laughs> from that one day we'll be making money from that but i was yeah i was working at a tiki bar before this so it's nice to be back in the game dude yeah <laughs> wait which tiki bar? i mean but in uh downtown oakland there's a bar called con tiki um I, and yeah it was a fun place to work it was great and i was i was working at palmetto too across the street from fox but but hey, nice. I made it. I made it through, dude. <laughs> tight, I mean, you still frequent there a lot, though, right? I mean, you can't. Yeah, you pretty much. Eat. They have a really, really good burger. I go there like once a week for the burger. It's really, really. Oh good. hell yeah! Yeah, the, yeah, and, the burger. And, sure. Yeah, and the booze too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's it like not writing about the A's, writing about the Warriors now and shit? Uh, it's fun, dude. It's kind of, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm covering three teams at once. It's really hard to stay on top of like the Niners, the Giants, and the and the Warriors all at the same time, and then yeah. a little bit of the A's, but. Uh, it's cool, man. But whenever I do it, write an A story, though, it just flows right out. It's just like so, so easy, you know. It's like it's natural like, for you. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like it's yeah, like yeah. Ricky Block. Same same deal, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, also yeah. Pick, so, uh, they also pick the best time for you to like start writing about the Warriors too, because holy shit, man! Like, and the reason dude, they're, so, they're good. so good. Again. We we're, we're so recording kind of late. Oh, nine o'clock over here, but um, like because you were covering the game against the Nets, and it was just a complete blowout, man. Like, God. It it's just, crazy. I mean, yeah, they're twelve and two. I mean, Curry's like it's still at his absolute peak, and I don't know. And just the way they pass the ball and they play defense, it's like straight up like they used to play. So I don't know. It's fun to watch, man. They're must see TV, dude. Yeah. I think the best thing about their team is like they're one through eleven. They play defense. Like that wasn't always the case in the past. They had like especially last year they had like specialists, like guys who could just score off the bench, and guys who just play defense. Like now everybody's a three and D guy, um, and everybody can pass. Everybody can. Everybody can kind of just create their own shot if they need to. It's fucking great. Um, yeah, it's just a fun brand. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for those of you who don't follow him, make sure you follow him on Twitter. His uh, Twitter handle is Alex Espinosa IV. I'm assuming the fourth. Is that what that was for? Well, that's the fourth. Yep. Alex <laughs> Espinosa the fourth, baby. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. We want to touch on a few things before we hop into um, our end of the season awards. Um, so, gold gloves were announced last week. Matt Chapman obviously got his again. Um, I think everybody saw that coming. Sean Murphy, a surprise, uh, a little bit yeah. of a surprise finalist, in my opinion. And the fact that he won the gold glove was even more shocking, which was pretty cool. Um, good way to start his young career. Uh, but Matt Olson um, did not win. Um, a lot of A's fans are pretty upset about that. Um, he got a little um, gypped on that one. Um, what are your thoughts on the gold glove awards? And, and um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I. I, I think, yeah, you're pretty spot on. Like, I, I was honestly surprised. Like, yeah, when Murphy was listed at the finals, I was like, oh, damn. I, I thought Murph, like, yeah, he had a good arm. Like, he threw some people out. But, like, Gold Glover, like, I, you know. And, um, and honestly, I don't really watch enough of the rest of the league to know. But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, Chadman, I, I figured, yeah. I mean, of course he's going to win. Um, but, yeah, I know a lot of people are pissed about Olsen. But, uh and I know he he played a really good brand of defense, but yeah, like I said, I I, I didn't watch Yuri Gurriel either. I don't know how good he was. Like he could have been making amazing plays all all year, so I'm not sure. Uh, but but I don't know. Um, you know, nothing. You know, I, 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 as as long as Chapman got his, I think everything's all right. You know. <laughs> Do you think it's like a lack of like not getting like on on highlight reels and shit like that that Yuli Gurriel because he plays the Astros is gonna be on Sports Center every night or or if he if he makes a good play that it's almost like they feel like they have to put him on there because especially without Marcus like Marcus is, he won the Gold Glove for second base like like no offense to him he's great but I feel like a lot of Matt Olson's <laughs> like highlight reels from the past were 
balls that he had to dig out because Marcus, you know, you know, his throws are a little bit too short or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know, but, like, Olsen has a reputation. Like, it's, it's one of those things where it kind of carries over year to year. He won it back to back. So I think he was definitely in people's, um, you know, I, I think he had a big enough profile. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like that argument a little bit where it's like, you know, you had guys in the past who were a little more sporadic at short and second where, like, Elvis – I think Elvis was pretty solid overall. You didn't see a lot of really hiccups from him. And then whether it's like TK or Jed at second, kind of the same thing. Um, like that's not a bad argument. And like, maybe just kind of having to deal with like Guriel with like not having Bregman majority of the season, kind of having to work mm-hmm. a little overtime over there, getting balls from third and Korea won a freaking platinum glove. So like, it wasn't, that wasn't the issue, but Either way, I don't think any Astro deserves any award, period. So like, <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, like, people are just pissed up that Astro won over A's, you know. <laughs> like, if some like somebody from the Detroit Tigers won, they probably wouldn't be as much. Good average, for him. But, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. I'm sure, he was a, I'm sure he was a solid player this season. It's like last year was, uh, what's it, Eli White? No, it was Eli White from Seattle? Who I don't I'm think he sure. even played this year. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, and like Oh really? Yeah, he's a he was the dude who um in his before he even reached the majors, they're already signed into like a five year major league deal because and there people are like, dude, that's hella dirty. You're jipping this guy out on money he can make within the first couple of years kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he won a gold glove last year and everyone's like, Why the hell? But besides the point. Just seeing our just seeing Murph winning. I think that was the biggest thing. Everyone's like, Oh shit. Like Murph. That was that was yeah, yeah shocking and really cool. And my, I mean, I just you know, I maybe because we watch him every day, so we see the times that he fucks up, and you're just like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah. Well, I, I also think it's good. He's gonna hit arbitration. I think uh, after next season. I think like yeah. this is his last like pre. So I mean, I think he just get himself a pay bump. He's got another like you know another talking point in arbitration. Like him and his agent were probably high five. And after that, they're like, Oh sick. Now we can tout you as like, you know, one of the best defensive catchers in the game too. Um, yeah. Yeah. They were looking at his batting average. They're like, Oh, we get this nice. Our yeah. Back we're up. like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> um, all right. The second, then the second thing before we, or the last thing before we jump into awards. Um, so there's been a lot of rumors about Matt Olson going to the Yankees. Um, we Yankees Twitter is on fire. We have a friend, Robbie Schlatter, who decides to text us all day, every day, every rumor he's ever seen. <laughs> And he's like sends us the tweets and everything, and and all of the tweets aren't from verified people. So we're like, yeah, this guy's not a writer, so I don't know where his sources are coming from. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 that, and where the direction that the offseason could potentially be going? Well, I, I definitely think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think if they were to trade either one of them, I think Chapman actually makes more sense. Uh, I yeah. think, um, like. I don't know. Olsen is just so complete. Like he can actually kind of hold something together. Like Chapman, if you put him in the middle of a lineup, like I don't think he can really carry a lineup. Olsen can still carry the lineup. They'll probably be in the same price range. Um, yeah. Chapman's defense is ridiculous, but you know, if you have to, you can stick Pinder there and that's like a cheap option they could do, you know, and um, th- maybe they'll do that. Um, but Olsen, you know, uh, I don't know. It, I think you always take it with a grain of salt with the, the Yankees. There's just so much hype around them that, and then reporters are really good at, uh, even if it's not like a reported rumor, just writing a thing like, Oh, I think this, but then people like latch onto it. And then it just kind of yeah. gets a light of life of its own. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I thought, saw somebody put it best. They put like an all Yankees team in the off season. And for each position, they put like a, like the best player who's available. And basically th- that player has been linked to the Yankees at some point. So it's like, <laughs> it, it was really funny. It was like an all Yankees roster team. I, I got to find it, but it was like, it kind of summed it up perfectly. You know? Yeah. Like, like all Yankees, like, like, uh, like, like ru- or all Yankees, like rumor, like, Somebody's like, so it's pretty uh, much the best player at every position. Yeah, like, it's, like yeah. yeah. Somebody was just like, uh, I don't man. know. It was just funny. Like somebody had a really funny tweet. It's like, according to Twitter, the Yankees are signing all these guys, and you look at it, it's like an all-star team of like this year's free agents, you know. So yeah. And yet they'll still lose in the first round or in the wild card game. So it doesn't fucking. Matter. Yeah, um, uh, they were texting me. They were just like, "Oh, if we get Marte. You gonna come sit in the bleachers with us?" I'm like, "No, I'm like well, yeah. that's so stupid." But my, I think the reason why it's not gonna happen is besides sunny the sunny the sunny gray trade when has this front office trade to the yankees um because doesn't billy hate cashman and hate the steinbrenners i don't know maybe hate's a strong word but he's not fond of them i feel like they're certain like billy loves trading to like his guys you know like he'll always do deals with the padres he'll always do a deal with the diamondbacks um Used to do him with the Mets a lot. Yeah. So it's like I something like tells me like, yeah. and I honestly, if I think if he gets traded, like I wouldn't be shocked if the Padres were like, yo, so this team take Eric Hosmer, eat his, we'll eat the contract. Hey, Oakland, here's top prospects from Matt Olson. And I can see that like happening tomorrow more than a Yankees deal. But that's just because I know Billy likes working with those guys. And then Olsen can reunite with Bowmel. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I would read into too much of that. I mean, if they did one deal before, I don't think, you know, you know, they never done a deal with who, like the, you know, Tampa Bay Rays. Do they hate the Tampa Bay Rays? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't hey, know. how dare you disrespect former Oakland great John Chaso? <laughs> that's true. That's true. But to be fair, like, for example, like everybody in, in like baseball and everybody's a fan at this point knows that the A's and the Giants never did a deal because Billy hated Brian Sabian. Like, that was a known thing. He would even, like, fuck with him at times because that's how much they didn't like each other. So, like, those things do exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if they go to that extent. All right. But but I do think they are going to trade, like, virtually, you know. I think they'll maybe hold on to one of their three starters out of Bassett and Manaya, but there's a very real chance that Olsen and Chapman are both gone and two, yeah. of the, two of the starters and maybe they keep one of them. Like, uh, yeah, but dude, it's going to be, it's going to be bleak. Yeah. Thank God for the Warriors, man. Again. Thank God yeah. for the Warriors. <laughs> got yeah, your, I hope you got your James Caprillion jerseys. Cause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's hop into our end of the season awards. Uh, Julio and I do this every year for the existence of two years of this podcast. Um, oh, so this nice. is our second annual one. Woo, uh, let's and go. you're you're gonna join us this time. So sweet. Um, I don't know, Julio. Do you want do you want to start it off? We're gonna go from from bottom to top of that list, right? Hell yeah! So we're, yeah, we're going to reverse order from what you sent to. So surprise. Uh, we're gonna lead it off here with team player. This is the person that exemplifies just. Get in, do whatever you need the team to do on a daily basis. Um, and also somebody that you can tell just became like a big part of the clubhouse, big part of leadership within that team. And so for this year, my winner of the team player award goes to none other than Tony Kemp. God damn, every day that guy went in and did something special out in the field. Um, he was at, at times like 
one of the best hitters for like durations. I think I want to petition that they should create a utility gold glove award because like he should have won it for all the shit he, he did throughout this year. Alex Julio has been on, for, on this for the past year. And honestly, it kind of makes a lot of sense. They, I mean, need, they have like, they have there? the flex. So they have the flex award in the NFL. Like utility man award of the year kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. Like a utility man, like yeah. slugger, a utility man, you gold glove. You easily get that sponsored too. The yeah. Home Depot Utility <laughs> Man of the Year. They, Literally, they like football. Ha- football, <laughs> hey, football on the good. all. Two years ago, football on the All Pro team. They added. Uh, they added the Flex Award. Like Alvin Kamara won it a couple years ago. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, but then I think you kind of weighed it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at yeah, look I guess they like have Chris they Taylor. have like defensive and offensive for each position. Yeah, I guess they don't yeah. have they don't have like a DH of the Year award, do they? No, they do. They it's do. the it's like the it's like the Edgar Martinez Award or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. But yeah, like Chris mm-hmm. Taylor is like another. It good would example be named guy. after him. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Tony Kemp. That's my my team player of the year. Yeah, he wouldn't win it. It would be Chris Taylor, but still, they should have it. All right. Well, that, um, yeah, that's who I was gonna pick. But you know, same deal. Is there anything uh, else you want to add on top of that? Like besides, like, uh, yeah, Alex. So who, who's your team player of the year? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Kemp too, but since you said Kemp, I'll say I'll say Matt Chapman. Uh, after so like they did a um, after every win, they did a thing in the locker room where like they shot a little Nerf basketball, and and he and he, I think he was the ringleader behind it because I was going through some old photos and he was like the the referee. He was like in a referee uniform. It looks like he's kind of like re- leading the thing. So I think he's like the clubhouse leader, and everybody loved their clubhouse. So I'll go I'll go Chapman. Yeah. We're gonna have the same fucking answers for all. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine's Tony Kemp too for all the obvious. Reasons. I was gonna say Kemp, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. Say Kemp, yeah. <laughs> but like, it was cool because like he kind of ingrained himself into A's, like you know the A's kingdom or whatever this year. Like when he was coming in this year, people didn't really know what to expect. And then by the end of it, he's just huge fan favorite. And, oh yeah, yeah. When you do it out on the field, especially with the bat, like he his bat like tenfolds was better this year. So when you do when you do that, like yeah. obviously the fan base, and you're flying around the field, uh, literally flying around the field, like fan, the yeah. A's fans are gonna fucking love that shit. I just yeah, gotta give cool. a quick shout yeah. out to uh, 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 Quasal Cortez on Twitter. He's the dude that's always making A's memes. Yeah, he's the I love Q. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he's there. He's there. He's every fucking where Tony Kemp. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> that's the best. Like there we go. Love him. Yeah, yeah. Q always does the best stuff. Yeah. Next up. Future star, who is a somebody that, whether it's in the majors or the minors, that you just saw what they did throughout the season, and you're like, yep, can't wait to see the future of this guy in the green and gold, whether, again, in the minors or in the majors. Uh, Alex, we're going to have you take the lead off on this one. Who are you giving your future star award to? I'll give it to James Caprillion. Um, I, Hell I yeah. think. I, I think uh, – you know, he just has to build up his arm. I mean, I think he threw the most innings he had since his, um, you know, I think before his Tommy John surgery at UCLA. So uh, I, I could be wrong on that. It could have been after, but basically this is his most, you know, years and most innings in about like five years or six years or whatever. And, um, you know, I think if you can build up to like 170, 180 next year and just be that bulldog, like, I would just really encourage that he would get runners on, you know, it seems like he'd always have a runner on first and second, uh, but able to figure it out. So uh, obviously it's better if he doesn't have runners on, but the fact that he can kind of work through that stuff and 
um when he was on i think he kind of faded down the stretch just you know just a matter of innings and stuff but um i i think he could be you know in the in the right circumstance he could be their ace they trade away everybody he could be their ace as soon as next year but uh, i think he'll be like a top two top three guy for them for his career yeah especially with Lazardo gone he's kind of and like puck is just all over the place you don't know if he's healthy you don't know if he's like he's just every other day he's got something going on like I think he kind of is the guy that they have to build around for the future of the rotation, especially if they do end up getting rid of both those Bassett and Mania. Like, yeah, I, there's not really much else in the farm system to 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 that would be better, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was like Luzardo was supposed to be the guy, but it ended up being Caprillion, kind of out of the blue. I didn't really expect that this year, you know? Yeah, I agree with you too. I think the the innings had a kind of took his toll on him um which is why he faded a little bit but he'll he'll strengthen himself up in the offseason obviously I, he's my pick too by the way he'll strengthen himself up, <laughs> up in the offseason and 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 i think he'll be ready to go by spring training um and kind of be more prepared for it all right leo do you have anybody different or is it the same thing uh i i really thought we we're all gonna pick the same one but i really think that i haven't had this much excitement for a prospect in years with tyler soderstrom Okay, um, I was, was going to say, if, I think yeah, we yeah. should at least talk about him because he did break out in the minors this year. Yeah, uh, I whether he is he going to be our future catcher, who knows, you know, uh, I know there are already kind of some early talks of him transitioning to go play first at some point. But just the fact that getting drafted last year and not really getting the chance to play at all and then just completely dominating being in like the in the single A ball as well as like getting a part of the future stars game. Like I don't remember the last time an A's drafted prospect where there's this much excitement for somebody. Um I don't think we're gonna see him for a bit, but uh just having that kind of lingering there in the shadows to be like when it's time he'll be there, it's gonna be awesome. So hell, hopefully by the time he'll be like in his second or third year in the majors, we'll have Howard Terminal built and he'll be the main guy there. We'll see. Um, but also want to give a quick shout out to, uh, oh my God, why am I totally spacing out right now? Shortstop in the Olympics, triple A. Allen. Yeah. yeah. Nick, thank Allen. you. I was, I was going to say Logan Davidson cause I've get them mixed up sometimes, but, um, yeah, I think that's something cause they both are cause they're both shortstops. Yeah, exactly. We just love a good shortstop, but, uh, both white guys <laughs> that too. But, um, just, <laughs> I think next year he'll probably be at the winner for sure. Yeah. Cause You'll be there well, also, I, I, I interesting thing I think people have to keep track of is Elvis's uh, plate appearances, because if he gets 550 plate appearances next year, his option vest for the next year after that for like another 15 million or something like that. Really? And the A's do not want. Yeah, let me let me pull up the spot track right now. It's basically it was like either 1100 between these first two years or 550 next year. Um, then yeah, his 2023 15 million dollar option guarantees or it, or it it vests or whatever so He'll so basically like they need nick allen to be ready by august so they can put him in there and it doesn't look like bad you know otherwise <laughs> <laughs> otherwise if elvis gets 550 plate appearances i mean he, i know he got uh defensively he, got... he looked really good when he would come yeah. up and in the in the olympics but yeah the bat was um i mean he didn't really get I like mean, he, of, yeah, because he had, he had 541 plate appearances, so he needs 559 or 49. basically he needs yeah. he need yeah, 
basically he needs yeah 550 and then he's guaranteed 15 million for 2023 so they do not want that to happen i can't wait till it's uh he's at 548 he's he's coming up for his next at bat and some dude just runs on the field and breaks his leg and just being like oh what a tragedy Uh, how that happened dude if i'm being completely honest i'll be shocked if he's on the roster next year like i feel like he's like if you if you're willing to like eat some of that contract i feel like he's a piece that you you probably need to move for that reason and like just to like give nick allen like a full season shot i I don't know i mean i don't know if he has like a buyout like if i i mean obviously he's not gonna (laughs) i mean he's not gonna be like okay guys i'll take three million and leave like like he's yeah i mean he's gonna be due i think he's due like over 14 million or something or 15 million or something i don't know so maybe you can throw him in a trade uh, with with like a Matt Olson or something like that and get someone to to take that contract. I mean, I mean that that would be huge if they can somehow get rid of Elvis's contract. That'd be huge. But yeah, that and Piscotty. I mean, I don't know who's going to take Piscotty, but um, but yeah, yeah, that that that's a whole. Oh jeez, we'll have a whole podcast um, dedicated to that alone. <laughs> real, real, real quick question: When do you guys think Soderstrom gets brought up? Uh, I think it's still a couple. I, I think. He's 19 years old. Yeah, so I, I think next year he spends the whole year in the, in the league or in the minor leagues, and then the year after that, so what, 2023, maybe that's the so, year you, you know. Because, I mean, he was in big league. 21. He'll have spring training again next year and then the year after that. So, I, yeah, I guess uh, 2023 is my ETA. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe like a like – a, I don't see him playing a full season in 2023, but maybe like a September August-September call-up to kind of get those reps, and then 24 that, will be the – Dude, if he goes off next year, he could get a September call-up next year if he goes so off. But I don't that, know. I mean, that would be insane because – I don't think I don't, so. But, I don't think we've ever seen a prospect, at least in recent years, get brought up when they're – before the age of 23 so he would be 21 when that happens but you see how the organizations do it you know and it's like you know if they can hit and he definitely definitely has a confidence and he has a confidence like people rave about his confidence and stuff so uh, no i agree it works it worked with chris bryant worked with bryce harper worked mike trout but i'm just but like i we i i we've never seen the a's do that for whatever reason i don't know why i mean they've drafted a lot of college guys in the past maybe that's part of it but also i don't know the so fact that you just, just said out. those names when comparing to Stoderstrom just got me so excited. <laughs> well, like I wasn't, lofty expectations, I wasn't saying but... it. I wasn't saying it for like the reasons of the potential. I He's it the for next the, one. The Soto, examples bro. of that. <laughs> Wander Franco is probably would have probably been a, a little bit more calm comparison to that. All right, but still, that's here. all right. Anyways, next up, best acquisition. Uh, this could be somebody that was signed over the offseason or one of the many trades that went through right before the deadline. Uh, We're I think all going to say the same guy. Let's <laughs> all say Starling Marte at the same time. Yeah. One, I know. Two. Yeah, on <laughs> yeah. three. On three. Starling no, Marte he's actually not mine. He's actually not mine. So, Chris, oh, wow. Go ahead and okay. lead it off okay. for us then, man. Who, who's yeah, your, yeah, what's your Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison is okay. mine because Josh Harrison was like – he was like utility – he was like utility guy on steroids. He played – everywhere on the fucking field when he came up he kicked ass everywhere on the field he was one of our most reliable hitters when he when he when we uh when we added him him and starling obviously were our, like most reliable hitters are consistent every day i think he joined the team he was hitting 291 i think he ended the season hitting like 292 like and there was not a point where his batting average dipped when he was at the A's. it was always dancing around yeah. 290 like that's just consistency at its best and on top of that the clubhouse loved him like when he when he uh when they had a walk off like hit like 
five days after they got him, he was the first one sprinting out of the dugout, like, let's fucking go. Like, he was just, like, chemistry, everything about what he brought to the A's this season. You know, unfortunately, the run ended early and they didn't make the playoffs. But everything he brought to the A's was just, like, so positive and so productive. Like, I just feel like he should get some recognition for that. And, yeah, Marte was great, and he filled in perfectly. But, like, Josh Harrison was – he was just – he was everywhere. It was great. He was Roy Kent. Yeah, and those, uh, the high stepping, uh, high stepping in the second base, like stuff like that. I just, yeah. I just love. It's fun to watch players like that, and for whatever reason, like seeing him do that in a Kelly Green Oakland jersey, it was just kind of yeah. cool. It was just kind of like, ah, this is like, this is like an A's player, you know? I don't know. It was kind of cool like one of the best yeah. walk up songs too. What was, what was it? I don't, song? uh, I don't remember. It, it was, yeah, where's remember. Where's Marty when you need him? Where yeah. is he? Martin? Where's Martin? <laughs> yeah. no, didn't work. Seriously. Um, let me look it up. But it's like an old, like funk song. Um, it's oh, okay. Oh, I don't remember. I just remember the first um, time I heard it. I'm like, yo, what? I was at the Coliseum and I heard. It. I'm like, what is this? Uh, it is "Before I Let Go" by Maze and Frankie Beverly. Okay. Don't yeah. Know that. <laughs> Throw it on your like. Damn, like I can't believe I missed this. Um, um if the A's were back were like gonna be in contention next year and they weren't gonna sell a team, I feel like he definitely should be like the first person that they would resign. But they're not going to, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. They need a second baseman for sure. Yeah. Well, we... And just the energy and everything. All right. So you guys both were gonna do Marte or I was gonna say Marte, yeah. I was gonna say Marte. I was gonna say look, I was gonna say uh Marte. But I'm gonna go with <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Andrew Chafin. Uh, Ooh, I'm gonna okay. go with kind of a combination of what you the said. The stash is uh, R.I.P. for Matt Andrew Chafin. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna bring I, in. I, that's what we should have like a legit months. pick and a hipster pick. That's hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, look, one, if we're gonna take, stick with the hipster theme, um, he's a big IPA guy, so you know, appreciate that. He got the stash for it. Uh, but besides that, I think one his character has his character just fits so well with that team and just fits mm-hmm. so well with the city. You really got to appreciate it. But also, he was pretty kick ass throughout this year. Um, obviously, the bullpen just complete dog shit at that second half of the season. But he was the only reliable pitcher. Yeah, the just having them as half. like a reliable guy there. Um, it was really kind of reassuring. Where like when. We lost faith in, in Lou and in Diekman and Petit. Like, all right, well, Chafin's coming, and we can at least trust him kind of thing. And um, it didn't work out in the end, but honestly, just having him being around and just kind of becoming a fan of him so quickly, and like, that's somebody that, like, look, I'm going to miss if we end up trading some of these guys that we've been here for years, but, like, man, I'm going to miss not having Chafin around. The dude was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. He, was, yeah he was solid. Yeah, super solid. Yeah. All right, now you let's. Said, you said it perfectly, though. He was just fun. Yeah, he was just fun. Yeah, the failed, right, uh, failed starter. Yeah. Now let's go up to one of my things I'm most excited true. to talk about. Who was the worst acquisition? And I'll go ahead and lead it off. Mitch Moreland. Good God. Whew. <laughs> I don't. I'm just. Like, I was thinking about this when I was. Um, I was like taking a shower before we, we recorded, and I was like, all right, who are some other people I want to think about? And I think what's going to be fun with Mitch Moreland is we're in like deep of the off season where baseball accounts are like people you forgot were on this team. Like, Oh, Jim Tomey with the Dodgers. I can't wait till we start seeing Mitch Moreland <laughs> as an A 
and then people were like, I forgot. Yeah, that's pretty forget- Yeah, it was a forgettable stint. Yeah, I never yeah, really. Uh, yeah. He, he, there was a time where he did have some like clutch hits a couple times, but I felt like for what was kind of the expectation of the role, like, look, it, uh, the modern DH isn't a 30 home run, 100 RB, RBI guy anymore. Like, I feel like those days are kind of gone. It's kind of a wash of, unless you're like Otani or Jordan or whatever. The odds are like, hey, get a guy who's going to get you at least 20 home runs or 15 to 20 guy who's a good on base, whatever. And just Mitch just wasn't at this at all this year. I think there was probably better options that were available at the time around the same price. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, but like, and even like the second half of the season, I feel like we just didn't see him. I know there was like an injury, but there was never um, anything fully diagnosed. Um, you might know more, a little more than we do, but you know, don't you don't have to say anything. But like, it was just kind of weird. He just completely disappeared from the team, and. That was it, and he had this no, one yeah. year. And- no, I don't. I don't really have any insights. I was, I was on the outside too. I just, I just was watching like you guys, yeah. But no, yeah, I don't know what was, happened, man. Yeah, it was yeah. just a, a. I was, and that sucks because I was so excited for that signing, like bringing a lefty and a guy who who was a career great hitter in Oakland, and just playoff experience, World playoff Series, experience, experience. World Series. We were so excited, Chris and I, at the beginning of the year because we're like, hey, a lot of these guys that are getting brought in during this offseason, guess what? These are all like guys who've been in World Series, who've won World Series, who've played in big mm-hmm. games. Like They're going to be impactful. Yeah, they're but, all winners, yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they were just impactful on the, the wrong side of it. So that's, that's <laughs> Alex, what's yours? Uh I mean, I, I, w- I had a two picks. I was either going to Moreland. This is kind of unfair because he never pitched, but Trevor Rosenthal. Um, I mean, <laughs> no, I, it's fair because he took $10 million from us. Well, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, $11 million and throw a pitch. Um, you know, he had an injury history coming in. So it was like a calculated gamble and it just didn't work out. Um, and really, the, 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 that's why the bullpen was kind of behind the eight ball from the beginning they just didn't have that dude that reliable dude at the end um you know melvin was mixing and matching from the start and um people just didn't have set roles and i think that is important kind of just knowing what your role is and i mean certain i mean certain guys can handle being switched around like petite you put him wherever it's probably fine but you know most guys it's like good to know your role like i have the seventh i have the eighth i have the sixth whatever but um yeah, so I mean that that just kind of had a whole trickle down effect on the entire year, and that's I, I think why the bullpen just didn't work out. So yeah, I mean it kind of sucks, and, and I mean it was like deferred payments too. So John Fisher is probably like punching in the air. He's like, damn, I got to pay this guy for another two years. Like, oh mm-hmm. shit, you know. <laughs> What's even crazier is like if you look at some of the the relievers that were available still at that time and how much they got paid for. Mark Belanson was like a criminally underpaid, and he was like probably the the best closer in the national league or like a top five closer in the national league and like i, mean, I really the same range. Yeah. i mean i really like the signing when they did i was like oh shit yeah. they're bold. No, yeah, like, they're like, they, like they they got their best possible option for hendrix but then yeah it didn't work out so yeah uh i i misunderstood the wording of this this award i thought it was just worst i didn't see worst worst acquisition i didn't see the acquisition part when you said that that was yeah, my fault so, i forgot uh, to include it i thought it was, it was <laughs> so i have jake diekman but uh the worst he wasn't an acquisition just worst he was the worst but uh yeah you know that's that doesn't count so mitch Moreland, it is 
You can use him for the biggest disappointment in a little bit later. No, I have someone else in there. <laughs> oh, so oh he's good. bringing that. All right, so cool. somebody's the worst and somebody's the biggest disappointment. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, next up, our breakout player, who is a guy who just came out of left field. We're like, wow, this dude has got some talent, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the future. Um, I guess it's kind of like not really the future star, kind of, but more of like veteran, whoever it could be. Uh, Alex, who's your guy? Um, I, I don't think he really came out of left field, but I'm going to say Frankie Montas. I mean, just topping like 200 strikes and like kind of – because like he always had this tendency. Like he could like put it together for three or four starts in a row and be like, oh, shit, Frankie's going to be the guy. But then he would have like three or four bad starts in a row. But I feel like uh, this year he was pretty consistent. He's probably their most consistent started the whole year. I mean, besides Bassett, of course, um, who, who got hurt. But – um but yeah i don't know man yeah frankie kind of like, like at times he looked like the best pitcher on the staff which is crazy how good bassett was this year but uh yeah probably go frankie i mean topping 200 strikeouts that was pretty good i want to roll back the tape from when we recorded our state of the a's at the all-star break do you remember who i said who was my second half mvp did no. you say did you say frankie, frankie? yeah right. oh, oh, nailed it it was, I know you said, uh, Chris said Chappie. Because um, it had to be him, yeah. And then. Uh, and he wasn't. And then we didn't I remember. Alex, I can't remember who you picked. I don't remember. That was so long ago, dude. But then Jason picked. <laughs> that was it seems a long like time so. Ago. It seems so. I know that was like three or four months ago. It seems like so long ago. Like, <laughs> and then I remember. Like all, the All Star break? Like, what? <laughs> Jason picked uh, Cap. But yeah. Frankie, I'll oh, ride that yeah. Frankie train all day. But anyways. yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, if we went to wildcard game, he was the one I probably felt the most comfortable starting that game. Obviously, because Bassett was hurt, but which was wasn't fair to him. But yeah, um, Julio, who'd you pick? Oh, for, but yeah, who'd you pick? Uh, I went with somebody who, again, I'm gonna kind of give my little victory lap here a little bit. Um, Cole Irvin. I know, like the last couple months, he kind of fell off a little bit, but up until that point, he was probably one call. of the most like reliable guys throughout the year for being That's a really a, good call for yeah. being like he's a guy a, who was he's a be, capable starter. Yeah, for being yeah, a guy who was sure. like a number six starter going into the season. Uh, Mike Fires goes down, and he pretty much has to take that role uh, against everybody not named Seattle. The dude was pretty good for what he did. Yeah, um, it kind of to kind of piggyback on what Alex was talking about with cap. I'm kind of excited to see him with like a full off season of training. I know with the Phillies, he wasn't getting like a ton of reps out there, but also the Phillies just don't know what to do with pitchers too well. Um, I, is he going to be this ACE? I know will be a two pitcher. Probably not. No. But I think he's, <laughs> is he going to be a guy you can go out there and be, have a reliable person? I think so. And uh, yeah, middle of the rotation guy. Yeah, I think he could be. Yeah, and plus he loves killing the Angels, like every time. Not good against the Mariners though. <laughs> yeah, not, not the Mariners. Every, and I just loved it at the end of the season. He's like, <laughs> he just owned up to. It. He's like, you know what? I just said some shit, and I was feeling ignorant, and I, I don't, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think his ear is always going to be around like three seven or whatever but he'll 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 he's gonna eat innings you know and that's a valuable guy to have in your staff yeah. you know so, and like now yeah. like uh if you a guy who just has a career 370 ra like you'll take it especially yeah. as like eventually oh, yeah. when dhs get implemented in the nl like hell yeah you're you'll take that over for like a number three or four guy 
Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, mine is Tony Kemp. I mean, I I feel like last year he 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 was fine. <laughs> like he played that interesting. Like you know, he kind of played that utility role, like backup utility almost role behind uh, behind Pinder. Uh, when Pinder was hurt, but this year, like, I feel like he really broke out. Like, you had to put him in the batting order, like, almost every, like, you know, I don't know, majority of the week because he was so effective and he was reliable, and especially towards the end of the season when it was, like, his bat, Josh Harrison's bat, Marte's bat, and Olsen's bat were, like, the only ones who were, like, really, like, putting, like, streaming together hits. Like, it was just, he was so important at, like, that two spot for, for that batting order. Um... I think he could be an everyday player now, and 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 he's shown that, and he's shown he can do on both sides of the of the, of the field too. So, yeah, he's my pick. Yeah, he'll probably be the second baseman next year. You think, huh? Every yeah. day, you yeah. Think? yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless they, unless I, I, I love with him this year for sure. Unless they like completely overhaul the outfield. Like if Canna's gone, which is probably going to happen, and then I mean, obviously Marte's going to be gone. So they'll and then Ramon won't come back till like what. Yeah. Like May, June, like yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah then they'll like probably that. need him in the outfield. So, you know, then they'll have to get. A, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, we'll see. We'll see what the moves that they make in the offseason. If they don't find a second baseman, then maybe that's, it's also going to depend on who the manager. Like you know, I just got so yeah. used to like how the A's operate with Melvin. Just like oh, he'll just plug in. X, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be interesting. Like who the new manager? Also, it's weird they don't have a new manager, right? Like they're just kind of waiting in this. It's been like the free what? agency started. They should probably get someone, right? It's been like two or three weeks. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The Mets don't have a manager yet either. Yeah, the oh uh, yeah, the Mets. Yeah. They don't have a, yeah. they didn't even have a GM for a while. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Next up, we've got the biggest disappointment. So who is a player where you wow. know you were mad? You weren't mad at them at all. You were just disappointed in the performance this year. Um I'll go ahead and leave this one off. Ramon. Yeah, Ramon, come on. We were riding such a high for a week. We're like, damn, I think that this was the team... beginning of the end, dude. That was the beginning. That was like this end. team could <laughs> legitimately be like, especially kind of seeing how things played out with the rest of the AL. I'm like, I think this team could be fucking make a deep run mm-hmm. with that outfield, that rotation. You know, before the bullpen kind of completely fell off, we're like, this could be it, and then that just backbreaker every news. Like within I mean, two- imagine Ramon still in the lineup and, and like that offensive power and like reliability they could have had. Like then we're not looking so negatively at like the you know, the bullpen because maybe the starters go a little longer. Maybe there's a little bit longer of a leash that Bob Melvin has on the starters because they have run support. And dude, he was like playing like before he got injured, like before like in, in June, like there was multiple and Alex, I don't remember if you wrote something about it, but people were like, damn, Ramon might be an all star this year. And, like, people yeah, yeah. were really hyping it up. And then, you know, he got injured and then got busted. And that was the end of it all. And it's it's not a performance disappointment. It's just like, damn, man. Damn. Yeah. 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 Do, do you have someone different, Alex? I have someone different. Yeah, I got someone different. Uh, Jesus Lizardo. Um, I think, um, I mean, I mean, especially now, like, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um Like, you know, they just traded him away for Marte, and Marte's gone now. Um, I mean, in the moment, I thought it was the right move to make, honestly, because Luzardo still is – 
he he actually got I think put up worse numbers with the Marlins than he did with the A's. So maybe so maybe he's not the right guy anyways. But it'd be nice to see if they can figure it out next year. Uh, but now they don't even have that option. Marte's gone. Yeah. Um, and it's like just how much like Melvin was hyping him up into the season. He's like, you know, this guy's gonna be a you know a frontline starter for us one day. All this stuff. It could have been this year. Um, and then, yeah, he didn't even, you know, he made it through like seven or eight starts and just got blew up and that was it. So yeah, I'll probably go with Zarda. Yeah. That one's going to hurt for sure. Just because it's, it just feels like a lesser version, but it feels like a, the Cespedes trade all over again, where it's like, we're going to get nothing out of this trade. Like we just gave up our, one of our bets assets for this rental, hoping that it's going to like get us where we need to go. And then it just absolutely fucking doesn't do that yeah nothing yeah. Yeah. but in, in i haven't thought about that in a, in a in a few in like a month though so like now i'm all depressed about it but in <laughs> retrospective cespedes had like what another couple years of production and then just injuries caught up to him they should bring him back dude that'd be oh, a good God, dude i was climbing for it all off season i wanted him back so bad <laughs> he, wanted him he? Ba- he wanted him back for dh so bad how old is he dude i'm gonna check it out i bet he's 30 let's see 36. Think, uh, 30, he's 36, uh, 36 now. He's 36 now. I don't know, bro. Yeah, I don't know, just bro. Bring him he back. Just, fun. Make it he fun just to see a couple couple homers. And he just like up and left, right? He just like quit one day, right? Like, yeah. And also Melvin the isn't there. Yeah, Melvin isn't there anymore. So I don't know. Yeah. Hey, straight up though, how old how old was Jason Giambi when they re-signed him in 2009? He was probably the same age, no? I don't know. Yeah, it's mm. a good call. I don't know. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> Uh, Chris, go ahead and look at what's yours. I'm going to look up Jason Giambi's age. Uh, mine, is, <laughs> mine is Aramis Garcia. Um, massive disappointment. Um, Alex Coffey came on this podcast. Cut. That's a deep cut, dude. Yeah, Alex Coffey came on this podcast in the preseason, and she gave us some pretty good info about Aramis Garcia and how um, the coaching staff was really high on him and how um, he was a great power hitter, I think is what she said. Um, that he he could produce offensively as well as defensively, but we just like last season, twenty twenty, we had such a great one two punch at catcher. There was like so much flexibility. All the all the pitchers like felt really good with Murphy and Jonah Heim. Obviously, we had to trade Jonah Heim to get you know the whole <coughs> Elvis Andrews deal done. So then you know me and Julio were constantly thinking like this entire offseason, like okay, who's going to be the the guy behind Murph because we had such a great you know, situation last year. And, and like, if, if one of those guys went down, you felt comfortable that the other guy could step up at being that like number one guy and like kind of hold, hold it all together. This year was really lacking that. And I felt like Murph had to like, he probably played a lot more than he should have because there was just yeah. so, so there's no stability at that backup catcher spot. I'm really high on Austin Allen. I really wanted Austin Allen to be that guy in the off season. I felt like Every time he's gotten his shot, he's he's kind of like, like be Jonah 2.0. <laughs> Just be like the lefty uh, fucking guy who could hit dingers. Yeah. I, I yeah yeah basically, but yeah, yeah. I feel like Austin Allen always like lived like always like did his job. He always like was productive and I think he was I think it was but Aramis Garcia. They do they bring him in and like he's just a a fucking shit show. In my well, opinion. I think for Allen it was like a defensive thing. I I, I think uh, just yeah. from what Melvin said they um. I mean, obviously, I, I never really watched him, so I, I, I have no idea. But just from what Melvin said, I think it was a defensive thing uh, with Allen. So that was, like, the main concern. And 
I mean, if you can't handle the staff, then shit. I mean, is know. he is he is he scarred from Derek Norris? Just like like defensively, <laughs> is is that is that why is that why he doesn't want to fuck catchers like that anymore? Like I don't. I mean, he's a catcher way, man. He takes Aaron pride. Garcia was supposed to be like a a very like there was solid a lot of backup. hype. Yeah, 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 solid backup, and he was not that. So yeah. um, you know, dude. There, I think there's a good chance. Out. We're going to say the Rangers won that trade just because, like, if Jonah Heim just becomes – I don't – look, I don't think Jonah Heim is going to be, like, an all-star catcher by any chance, but if he can just become, like, a pretty serviceable major league catcher, which I think is going to happen, there's probably, they're probably going to win that trade in, in the retrospect. It, not by a lot, but still. Was he, was he the starter last year for the Rangers? I think he was. Yeah, he was the starter most At some season. point. At some point, yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, also, Jason Giambi was 38 when the A signed him in 2009. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize old. Jason Giambi played until he was like 43. Yeah, he was like a role player for like he a was, good five years after that. He was basically just like a coach. Yeah. <laughs> he was just yeah. like, he was not hella gray like, hair and yeah. shit too. Yeah. He just turned 50 this year, so happy belated birthday by uh, 10 months. Wow, Jason Giambi is 50? Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. I have a photo with him when I was like twelve or thirteen years old. Like you know when you go on <laughs> you go on the field and they come around and take photos and shit. Yeah, me and my yeah, brother yeah. had one with them. Yeah, nice. <laughs> he's peak of his Balco Balco era. Yeah, <laughs> you're so big, Mr. Giambi. Yeah, <laughs> Just eat your eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, little Alex, and you'll get there one day. Yeah. Jeez. All right, next up, former Oakland great Cy Young. Right, wasn't Cy Young like a or former athletic great? I think and there's like a he had like a year. Was stint. Cy Young on the A's? I didn't know that. I swear to God, I, I saw that somewhere. Somebody brought it up one time, and I'm like, wait, I'm like, what? Or, anyways, I'm I'm googling it right now. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> A's Cy Young award winner who was okay. He wasn't a part of the A's. My mistake. No, he did not play else. for the fucking A's, dude. I got him confused. There's another like old timey pitcher who was like th- there were things. He played. <laughs> he played for the Cleveland Spiders. St. Louis Perfecto. They should have went to the Spiders. That's so much cooler than the Guardians. Right? That is so much cooler. And just think um, of and, all the and, logos and everything. And then the Boston so Red cooler. Sox. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Hold on. I got to let my dog year. out. Hold on. One second. Hold on. I got to let my dog out. I'll be right back. Hold oh, on. yeah. Good <laughs> From the makers, this is a prequel to Who Let the Dogs Out, Chris. This is Who Let the Dogs In. And we're going to tell everybody. It was I'm Alex. Back, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I like uh, how you like pointed your light in the background to your bobbleheads. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, nice. Everything All right. Anyway, purpose. Chris, who is your Cy Young Award winner for the Oakland Athletics this year? Uh, even though he got hurt, it's Seabass. He was having a Cy Young caliber year. Um, before he got hurt, um, it was a fluke injury. Um, when he came back, he had that amazing game that got a standing ovation because it was just so much fun to see him out there, even though he had a pitching limit. Um, so yeah, it's him. He's going to be the ace of unfortunately another team next year, but, um, it was, fun <laughs> while, it was a lot of fun while it lasted. He's also just, he's a great follow on Twitter cause he's just such a fucking dope dude. I want him to be my best friend. Um, so Chris, if you're listening, um, you got another Chris out here who, who is looking for a best friend. So you, so let, let's do it. Let's do it, buddy. And you're always welcome on this podcast. So that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I was gonna say Bassett too. I mean, yeah. also it was too. It was cool because he kind of established himself as like the the vocal leader of the team as the as the season went on. And uh, I mean, it really sucked 
that he got hurt, but the fact that he came back, I think kind of even, even though they were pretty much out of it by that point, just kind of really showed you what he's all about. And yeah, he had like nothing to gain from it really, you know, and he still did it just cause he wanted to, cause he loves the game so much. And yeah. And yeah, he's, yeah. Like you said, he's hilarious on Twitter. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, cause social media game matters in this year. Cy Young, but you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably go Bassett, too. I'm going Frankie. I'm staying Whoa. with my prediction. Um, Homer. He's just taking his... Pick. <laughs> uh, I was legitimately disappointed that he wasn't at least, like, in consideration for Cy Young, norm- like, to end the season. Um, he was arguably the best pitcher in the American League the second half of the season with, like, Lance Lynn going through injuries. Garrett Cole had some injury issues, and plus he had, like, some pretty poop starts. And Frankie, I think probably outside, I think he had like a bad start in Toronto. And there's like one more off the top of my head. He was consistently like one of the best pitchers in the American League. And um, it's just awesome because like we've seen him do this in the past in 2019 before he got busted for for steroids and all that. Um, I think we saw those signs of it. And like the second half of the season, it clicked. And I will this hold up to next year. We'll see. Is this maybe probably the best time to sell this guy now as as the price has never been higher? Maybe. Uh, but for what he did for the second half of the season, especially after Seabass got hurt, that he's my award winner for that one. I think if they make the playoffs, he didn't like, have that run at least, at least till like game 162, because they were out of it like 158 or something like that. I think that kind of sparks um, riders a little bit more to where like, before they turn their ballot in the last day of the season like they're thinking about it you know what i mean it's on their mind so maybe he gets some more votes but maybe i'm wrong i don't know (laughs) i can't get inside the mind of a writer maybe alex can let us let us know no i don't know dude i i I actually think it's weird like i don't know dude like the national league it was weird because i was looking at the um you know, the National League Manager of the Year voting. I'm like, it's it's still kind of weird that media members vote on uh, official awards. Like, I don't know. Like, are, are writers, I'm, I guess, I don't know who else would be more qualified, but. Like, I think they are the most qualified because they're the ones, like, actually watching every day and they are watching yeah. every every team. And, and they're, you know, they really, like, are paying attention. And they have, in order to, like, write a good piece, they have to, like, have all this information in front of them. Whereas, like, a manager. Maybe he knows a little bit of the scouting report, but he's not watching like yeah, the fucking Phillies so play every on their, day. Yeah, they're so focused on their own deal. Yeah, yeah, players definitely don't either. They're going to be like biased in some way. So and like we've seen know. that, yeah. and kind of to kind of like go off on that what Chris was saying about like having a manager vote, a player vote, whatever. We've seen that kind of also go the bad way in like NBA All Star voting the last couple of years because I think like the players get to choose now. There are some pretty suspect people who are like, dude, you're not an All Star this year, but like your boys yeah. with these guys um but yeah we'll see i I just frankie totally deserves some recognition when we see the full ballot voting maybe we'll see something there but besides the point last side note uh they just showed an nba commercial where kevin durant was wearing nays hat so that's cool oh it's in the commercial now that's cool there's like this commercial where they're interviewing a bunch of they're interviewing a bunch of nba players and he's wearing he's he's wearing that ace hat that he always wears it's like more it's like the only marketing the a's are gonna they're like oh sweet we can cut our marketing budget back even more now great (laughs) (laughs) 
Who's the right, people? Listen. Let's bring up this picture of Bruno Mars from six years ago. He's big again. Let's bring that picture of him in an A's jersey. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, who is the Oakland A's MVP of the award? And I think this is something that we can all this say. Is unanimous, this is unanimous. A unanimous MVP. Yeah. All right. Count of three. One, two, three. Ollie. The, the future, the future first oh, no. baseman <laughs> of the New York Yankees, according to Robbie Schlatter. Raymeen Goodwin. <laughs> also, Julio, we have to, we have to, we have to settle this once and for all. It's pronounced Oli, bro. It's Oli. Oli. Dallas says it Oli. He says on the broadcast all the time. Oli. It's Oli, not Oli. Oli for Sholi. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I remember Oli for Sholi. Yeah. yeah, but like, what else, what else can we say this year? Um, it, it was the, the craziest thing was I saw a, I think it was Bleacher Report or some, you know media the things they know stuff about baseball uh but they showed like oh who's the te- top 10 base second first baseman in baseball vladdy's one which i get it finally matt olson was number two like we've been clamoring all year like not just us but, like ace fan base like this guy's been amazing like this guy is this arguably the best first baseman in baseball and like to kind of see it on a national level as you know the trade rumors are happening it's still great. Like he's finally getting his dues. He should have won a gold glove, but still he got his all-star nod. He's in the home run derby. I think he's becoming more of a familiar name around baseball. Like the dude deserves it. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. Cause he was super. Cause I remember during spring training, people were saying like, Oh, Matt Olson, or he was telling us, he's like, yo, I figured out something in my swing. Like I have way more, way better play coverage. I mean, he put up crazy numbers in the spring and then he actually kept it up all year, which is, like I think at like one lull, which you know every hitter goes through lulls, but like pretty much he was doing it all year, dude. And then yeah. he was he was coming up clutch too. It was like he was actually getting like he won them some games. Um, it wasn't just like meaningless stats. Like he actually won them some. Well, I guess it ultimately it was meaningless, but you know he he won them some games, dude. So um, yeah, and he did it on both sides. So yeah, I'm super curious to see where he ends up landing in the MVP voting. I would assume like six or seven but yeah I'm very, i want to see how many votes he gets and, and stuff Who like you guys think Ota- you think otani's gonna win it he's, yeah. he's got he's got to right yeah i, I or do I, you guys I, think if vlad has a chance no oh otani or i mean uh bob costas explained otani like really well on dan patrick um a few months ago and so every player in major league baseball they account for one person <laughs> so there's some players there's some players like Vladimir Guerrero he's so good where he counts for just a little bit more than one person like the stats and all they all kind of equal out where it's like maybe 1.2 yeah, person yeah. one and a half person Otani will always no matter what whether he's hitting bad one year or if he's pitching bad one year he still is always going to account for two people on your roster yeah. so if he if he's at the top of his game like he is this year he's counting for like two and a half people on your roster so because of that he should always be in consideration for the MVP because no one else in the league is two people except for him. Just because he does them. Yeah, because he pitches and hits. But yeah. I was going to say, I think he should be a landslide for the sake of like, we've seen kind of his injury history in the past, at least as a pitcher. And I think we got to, we, in my opinion, you know, I don't know how sustainable this will be. I'm like, you got to give this award to this, to him while he was at his absolute peak. If this is his yeah. peak, you know? But what you said though about he's gonna Ollie or Oli 
being <laughs> six, like six or seven, who would you put in front of them? Like, you know, it's going to be, you know, Otani, Simeon, and, Vladdy, and Simeon, Vladdy. But who's yeah. going to be, th- who would you put four, five, six? Salvi. Correa is probably going to be in there. Salvi. Aaron Judge, probably. I would put as much as you hate. To, I hate to say it, like Aaron. Aaron Judge is going to be like he'll be I right think, there. I think Salvi would be ahead of him, or I don't know if Salvi would be ahead of him, but I think Salvi him, should be ahead of him. Salvi should be Salvi, Yeah, and then um, I don't know after that though. Yeah. I wouldn't put Judge in front of Olsen. Aaron Judge was awesome this year. Like I don't want to admit it, but Aaron Judge was like, he was yeah, healthy all year. Um, I think did he win the gold the gold glove? He should have. I know he's been a pretty damn good outfielder. Or he was at least nominated. Um, but, like, I think peak Mac Olsen should finish, like, fifth. Would you put Tim Anderson over Olsen? No. No. Probably not. I'd put Olsen probably fifth. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to see. I, I just don't know if the rest of baseball writing community will do that. So, we'll see. All right. That's going to do it for us for our uh, A's Awards. Alex, Ooh. thanks for joining us again, buddy. Thank you, guys. Um, that was great. The, yeah. I, it's fun talking to A's. The, I'm just noticing the A's neon Budweiser light in the back, too. You oh, just got a dope-ass yeah. setup back there. I got to set it up for the TV, you know. I fuck with it. For oh, YouTube, yeah? dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make yeah. sure to get uh, I got Alex that off stuff. eBay. I got that off eBay. It took like three months or something to get here. And I, I, Did you I, out... <laughs> I told him, I was, like, I was like, don't even worry about it. Just send me my money back. She's like, oh, no, no, I got this. And all of a sudden it showed up. I was like, oh, that's what it took. Jeez. Did you probably just some Car- old dude Carnival who does not even use it. <laughs> I, I just watched a I Love You Man and, and that scene where he's like walking into into his backyard and like walks by the, the, the bumper car. He's like, yeah, I outbid Carnival Kid 3000. Had to get it on the buy it now price. <laughs> <laughs> I know, basically. Uh, Alex, you got anything to plug? Yeah, obviously plug, plug um, your shit. you know make sure you give them a follow alex Wipsonosa, o-i-v um, the fourth on twitter um no i mean um no it's cool i i, I do i still do want to write a stuff i still want to do uh ricky block stuff but i just feel on my free time i i don't want to do sports writing anymore so it's kind of hard to figure out that balance but yeah one of these days i'll probably write something like you know if they get a manager or something i'll probably write something but yeah i don't know i need to do a podcast too i need to need to keep it fresh because i don't know i love doing ricky blog stuff it's it's still fun so i i still have a light like my bosses said i can still do it so i might i i still got to figure it out what it's going to look like next year but i still want to keep it alive at some point you know i still want to do something with it so maybe just a yeah. podcast or something but um so yeah you can follow if you're tw- lo- yeah twitter if- instagram at ricky blog yeah and if you're looking for Warriors content, he's he's writing Warriors stuff right now. So, uh, so check yeah, that I'll out. be I'll be catching covering the Warriors for the rest of the year, and they're looking good, dude. Yeah, make dude. sure to listen to ninety five seven the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> the former the former home of the Oakland A's, not so much anymore. All right, that's gonna do it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Um, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll be back once free agency starts going. So, last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. (laughs) The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy. 
Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.